What's up, everything? It's been a very different week for the St. Louis Blues as things are finally looking up in the Gateway City. They even went out and acquired Marcos Candela, the prettiest man alive. Plus, there are trades happening all around the league as we make the final push towards the deadline. It's a lot to cover, so let's get started and let's go Blues! Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Two Guys One Cup podcast. It is Friday, February twenty first, one night before my mother's birthday. Happy birthday, mom! You don't know how to find podcasts, so you will never listen to this. But we are <laughs> here, nonetheless, at Walter Noel Florist on Manchester because they send your feelings. Which I got a problem. Couldn't you just say your feelings rather than buying yeah, flowers but to that, show your feelings? Yeah, but that but then you're would not require mad. that would require a little bit of human interaction. And human interaction. Yeah. yeah. You just want to bottle that up and uh, die with it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the, the human good, experience. The good Irish Catholic way. Mm-hmm. Ian you are here tonight. You were here last time. This mm-hmm. wasn't the week after. We, I never left. We I've been here the whole time. <laughs> That's right. Just sitting in the sitting at the microphone. I've been sleeping. I've been right in behind room, me. Right mm. now, but, hey, Here's an insight into what's happening. Work. Here's how the meat is made. <laughs> how are you doing tonight, Ian? I'm doing well. Good, good. We have a, a bunch of games to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um and the Blues did well in most of them, did well in all of them. Yeah, really. They Even won great most games. of them, made a big trade. Other teams made a big trade. But first, Ian, <laughs> this is our town. <laughs> and in partnership with Crown Royal, we have to nominate the player who best exemplifies what it means to be a St. Louis Blue. Because... Uh, Something. It's our town. It's our crown. It's not about what you have to give to have, but what you have to give. And this is the segment where we, with the help of you, nominate a player who best exemplifies the St. Louis Blues. You're welcome, Stephen. Because why not? Why not? Uh, crack open a nice cold Crown Royal Platinum <laughs> with your friends. I don't think uh, that's what people do. Why not, Ian? Now you got to scream. Now I got to do why not? <laughs> why not? Thank you. So there's a little oh, throw-in for our I'm friends so, with I'm the so NFC. sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. It's spiked. It's a big spike. Yeah, you there. can turn it off. You can turn it off. The podcast. Why over, right? not? Uh, we are here. That was a little uh, a little Steve Dangle podcast fun that we decided to have because we're goofy like that. But Steve, Ian, now no, that we've no, done it. No, no, you, no, you go. Okay, I'll start. Who's, who are you giving the crown to? Who best represented the blue and yellow? Um, I'm try. I'm diff- I'm avoiding being too. My my one. My, the answer I want to give is Jordan Cairo because he did have two breakout games. I would say, mm-hmm. uh, and we love him, and we'll talk about that plenty. But um, I'm trying to think of somebody who really did it. Obviously, Bo Meester. Mm-hmm. Big big ups. Hard out to Bo Meester. Um, a certain goalie, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, like I feel Jordan Bennington is an obvious choice, but I also feel like 
didn't do that much work. <laughs> he made Ian, he made less saves in two consecutive shutouts than 40 goaltenders have made in one shutout this season. 40 goalies have had 31 or more saves in a shutout this season. I looked it up mm-hmm. because uh, Hockey Reference's player game index tool, very nice. But yeah, so, uh, but I will, I will give it to Jordan Bennington because mm-hmm. uh, he was struggling really hard. And it doesn't matter if it's a 14 or a 17 save shutout. You still got to make the saves. Jake didn't, you know, Jake had a great game tonight, but still let one in because sometimes that happens. I don't know. We slightly more than that number of shots, but not dramatically more Mm -hmm. uh, came against him. And uh, yeah, I just, I think Bennington, you know, we're not going to get very far if our goalies are have, have an 860 shave percentage like they had when we talked about it on the last podcast. And I do think, I was, I don't want to say worried, but I think the first time Bennington really struggled, I was always going to have a little tinge of that, oh, maybe it was all an illusion. Mm -hmm. The greatest illusion ever, right? Because he's always going to have won the cup, right? So even if he does become a pretty average to even bad goalie in the future, uh, so won the cup, you know? Mm -hmm. So not really our problem, but... um, yeah, it was, it was just nice to see, even if it was easy, easy, easy night work, even if he said he was just chilling back in the crease. Did you see that quote? Mm-hmm. Uh, still, I, I think it's him. So yeah. who are you giving the, um, you know, if Jesse was on our podcast, mm-hmm. he'd still give it to William Nylander. So yeah, uh, I would, that would be, uh, who would that be for us? That'd be like, if you always gave it to, to Jaden Schwartz, I feel like yeah, or Braden younger, Robert Thomas, maybe. Yeah. Who's somebody that's good and young, but underappreciated. Sammy Blay. Sammy Blay <laughs> always gets the yeah. crown. Um, it's done. Maybe there's a little recency bias. We just watched the blues beat the Dallas stars five one, but I'm going to give it to uh, Colton Pareko because Colton Pareko had a three point night tonight, one goal, two assists, he played, I think, 23-plus minutes uh, with Petrangelo absent from this game. Preco had a hell of a game, had a great slap shot goal, played great always, always plays great, but played extra great tonight. Uh, it was it was nice to see. It was nice to see what our future might look like when Petrangelo uh, leaves us and goes back to his home planet of <laughs> Toronto, Canada. Alaska or wherever. So, yes, I give my crown... I hate this to Colton Pareko <laughs> because he's my town and he's my crown and it's crown royal. Yep. Have you um, ever had a crown royal, Stephen? Oh no. Me neither. Have I. I'm very straight laced. That's right. I'm I very, drink Bud Light. And that's know, it. We drank uh, Angel and the Sword yeah. by Civil Life. Very good. Very nice. Very good. But probably better out of a can, but still very good. So mm-hmm. that was Who Wore the Crown, brought to you by our friends at Crown Royal, very real sponsors of this very real podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, next time you and your friends are enjoying the game together, why not? Why not? Open a Crown Royal something something and enjoy the game. Stephen, have you because ever... Crown Royal slogan <laughs> have you ever uh, the, what is the slogan it's a give, why not live life live, live generously, generously and life, will treat, and you life royal, will treat you royal royally thank you, whatever thank you. so for that anyone means. that doesn't listen to the steve dangle podcast that is still listening to us thank you very much yeah thanks uh that don't check him out he's a hack no he well it's been better it's been worse since they started that nonsense but mm. uh, uh Steven, have you ever actually like gone into a store and shoplifted before because i believe that's what 
this feels like. I <laughs> oh, feel yeah, like probably we just like we just stole a yeah. segment. Yeah. I felt like an impersonator. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I have not. But I have been in a I'm a weird mm. enough human being that I've been in a store and thought that people assumed I was shoplifting. Because <laughs> sometimes I won't find for what, what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. but I will refuse to ask anyone. But I will just kind of pr- pace and look kind of weird, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, people notice that. I was on the inside of a grocery store because I was employed by one, and pe- you, they, people will notice you if you're acting weird. So there you go. And, and if you try to not act weird, it just makes you look weirder. Uh-huh. Also, embrace it. Also, if you get baseball cards at Target, which I would never do because I'm not a nerd, obviously. But if you do, sometimes if you go through scam, which you have to do because you don't want to tell people you're getting baseball cards, uh, it won't pick up the little, like, the little staticky, you know, the little warning trigger. So every time you walk out, it'll beep at you. Mm. And I always stop, and nobody cares. And then I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to wait for you to come, like, check me out, so I'm gone. And... I'm turning myself in. That's it was right. on camera. Right. I didn't run. That's right. So, uh, yeah. So, there we go. We're back. Uh, the Blues have been They're back. phenomenal this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of their best hockey of the entire season, these last three games especially. I didn't get to see the Nashville game, but you, yeah. by all reports, said it was even that was substantially better than the one before it and people thought the nashville game before it was pretty good i don't know if i agree with that but mm-hmm. uh yeah, yeah. saturday what was that saturday's game wasn't great it was track ish to say the least or friday's game whatever game saturday it was, was back yeah. to back okay but uh the one recorded right after it, in nashville was fine it was good they mm-hmm. played they that was one of the best losses i've seen Unfortunately, it ended with a Kyle, Kyle Turris, Tile Curris, as I like to call him, <laughs> uh, scoring at 7.48 with yeah, about two minutes left in the game, and it just sucked that that's how it had to end. I thought the Blues played fairly well. Uh, face-offs were a problem, but shots weren't. I mean, they outshot the Predators 39-24. to It looked like a very good game. It felt better after having seen the previous week that we had played. Like I said, still one of the best losses they had. They looked very active. They looked much better defensively. So you knew it was coming, hopefully, from the back end forward. Mm-hmm. And it just hadn't caught up to scoring because they just looked so snake-bitten. I mean, Schwartz, O'Reilly, Shen still looked really off in this game, I thought. I mean, again, great defensively. Just kind of hacking and whacking at the puck in the offensive mm-hmm. zone. And we kind of lacked, I thought, any like great transition to the neutral zone. We could get it into the offensive zone and keep it there. But uh, there were long stretches of this game where it just felt like it was just back and forth, back and forth with no actual like fun things happening on either end because it was just stuck in neutral zone play. Mm-hmm. But overall, it was it was a fine game. We lost. I, I can't. The Bennington. Was this Bennington? I believe so. Yeah. The tourist goal, you kind of want him to have because I think he gets a pretty clean look at it. Other than that. Yeah, I couldn't tell if that went off a part of Falk. Like, Falk should have done more. Mm. Um not that we're part of the beat up on Falk crew, although it's not hard right now, but there it hadn't been. But uh, Falk definitely could have done more, but I feel like, yeah, that's also a pretty clean look that you should mm-hmm. probably get some of. And the Bozak goal, I'll take any goal, but it did kind of make you feel icky that the one goal we scored <laughs> yeah. was him just shooting it or trying to pass it really and it hitting a another player, hitting a, the Hamuse mm-hmm. and deflecting it off of his leg and past Rene, and you're like, well, I'll take it. But also, if that's the only goal we score in the game, it also feels like we didn't really score a goal at all. Mm-hmm. I felt like the Predators scored three goals. <laughs> <laughs> 
So have we been shut out this season? Have we been shut out? I don't know if we have. I'll look it up. I want to say, say we have just because it seems possible. You want to walk us through this, these goals to the amount that you want to? That's it. I told you about okay. them. There's <laughs> three of them. Uh, I mean, like I said, the Blues, pretty poor in the face-offs this game. 67% for the Predators, only 33 for the Blues. Both the Blues and Predators were 0 for 2 on the power play. Uh, Predators had 18 giveaways of the Blues, 7 We've been shut out twice. Pittsburgh 3-0, Boston 3-0. That Boston game where we were like, but they had to win this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. 3-0, Pittsburgh was December 4th. What happened that night? Is that just Pittsburgh's better than us? I guess. At Pittsburgh, December 4th. Did something? Anyway. Hmm. (laughs) And then uh, Blues had 61% of the Corsi 4 in this game. So, again, more possession. Looked like the better team. Just couldn't get it done. And you know what? I want to give credit to the Blues fans that were in Nashville for this game. You could hear them cheering. You could hear them chanting for the Blues. Always nice to hear. Good to see uh, our fans travel well. And Nashville, it's a fun city. It's only like a four and a half, five hour drive away. We should go down there sometime. But anyways, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. uh, It would be fun to go down there and see a game. In fact, I think Blues fans traveled pretty well. two minutes. Oh, there you go. So I was right. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was a good game. And then the next game the Blues played was on Tuesday, February 18th, my mom's birthday. Hey. Happy belated birthday. Don't worry, folks. I'm not awful. I did wish her birthday <laughs> on her birthday. She also does be not kind, listen to this podcast. be kind of metal if you didn't, though. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, well, then well, you now you'll learn to listen to the, the podcast. podcast. <laughs> you'll get all my, my information on here. I'm moving in with my girlfriend. <laughs> all right? So get used to it. Um, let's see. Yeah, I went to this game. I forgot I went to this game. I had the chicken fingers from bird and barrel i think that's mm-hmm. what it's called there's there's it makes makes sense reading a bird they're they're fairly good for the 15 dollars you pay for them and fries and one dipping sauce if you're choosing they're pretty <laughs> good that's my review it's the only place i've eaten inside of the uh enterprise center in i don't know about seven years mm-hmm. so go check them out uh new lines for the blues against new jersey devils again the blues played a great game against the predators but it wasn't a win, so you're going to think Bruby maybe changes something, which actually, quite honestly, I'm surprised he hadn't changed anything before now. He's it's... pretty slow, mm-hmm. which I like. I prefer, honestly, because I feel like uh, um, Hitchcock and to a lesser extent, yo, we're just like, let's fuck with it all the time. And then Hitchcock would do that, Car- but then or- he would immediately go back to the yeah. lines. Like After one shift, he's like, you're telling me Tarasenko, Stewart... A fucking cracknell doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, cracknell's not happening. He's like, I was like trying to think. Brian Elliott, the center is not working. All right, it goes back to what we were doing before. Yeah. And then he's like, we lost again. I'm like, yeah, well, fucking pick a lane, dude. Yeah, Barubi will do in-game adjustments, but he doesn't do a lot of like the starting lineups. Usually the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I would say it worked out well. It yeah. has worked out well. He paired. Uh, he put O'Reilly between Schwartz and Shen. Uh, Thomas was between Samford and Perron. They moved Cairo uh, down with Bozak and Steen, which I kind of like the look of, even on paper, because mm-hmm. those two were kind of helped buoy uh, Thomas when he was struggling and getting his feet under him. So it was a nice line to see put together. Mm-hmm. And then Blaise Sunquist Barbashev. Uh, that just looks great. And also, and we'll talk about this later. We'll need to talk more in depth about it. Yeah. But also before this game, uh, the Blues traded for Marco Scandella. Yeah. So that was, they, they talked about an intermission. And some guy behind me was like, who's that? And I was like, you, you didn't hear? You don't have the feed? You don't have the NHL app? Just Why weren't they following know? us on Twitter over at at two guys, no cup? Mm-hmm. One cup. 
God, I can't remember any of them. They're not very... To be fair, we did listen to us say that a lot yeah. of times tonight. Because if we go trying to our go old... back through our episodes and catalogs what catalog what songs we've used and haven't used. So, well, not catalog what songs we haven't used because that would just be every other every song. song. <laughs> One but, minus know. all the songs that we have yeah. used. There yes. we go. Yeah, and uh, this was a this is a fun game. It was I will admit it was kind of boring through the first half. Uh, the Blues dominated in the first period. But nothing to show for on the score sheet. The SOS line, the Schwartz O'Reilly Shen line, looks good together. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little Rihanna reference. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's a great song. That's my girl, but I didn't even recognize what you're whistling. You know this song. Now, Everybody's now, heard now, now, sing, now sing some lyrics <laughs> from it instead of just doing a weird howdy do around do, it. I can only oh. do the, the middle part. The, okay. the, you know how they call the chorus the, the middle, middle part? part. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite part, the middle part. That they say over and over again. That's at the beginning, middle, and end. We should think of a word for it. <laughs> but later. But uh, those three look good together, but you could tell all three guys were snake bitten. We talked about it last week. Uh, they had some great passing plays, but zero finish. In the second period, though, Ivan Barbashev opened up the scoring. He was, was promptly waived by the Devils after this <laughs> was game. Was he? Yeah. Oh, really? Oh. Looked really good. I thought so. he looked pretty good, and it pissed me off because his save percentage was sub-900. I was like, really? At the end of the Come game, on, it, Blues. Was sub it was sub-900? It was sub-900 overall. Yeah, for the season. Uh, but yeah, Ivan Barbashev opened up the scoring halfway through the second period, his eighth of the season, assisted by Carl Gunnarsson. Uh, Barbie got his own rebound on this and scored on the second attempt. It was it was a nice look. It looked like a goalie should be able to score in Louis Domingue. What's he? What's a goalie going to do? Probably stop it. What's Louis Domingue going to do? Nothing. So, you know, it was all good from that point <laughs> out. Sorry, that was just funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Third period, Blues goal. Ivan Barbashev again, his ninth, assisted by Sammy Blay and Oscar Sundquist. Those three are fired together. Slick passing play between all of them. I think it was Barbashev to Blay. Barbashev skated back right in front of Ming. Blay found him with a cross-ice pass, beat two Devils defenders, and it was in the back of the net. And then Blues goal, Jaden Schwartz, thank God. Thank God. Thanks, sweet baby Jesus. Mm, his 19th of the season. He's been on the schneid. Yeah, as Pang is fond of, fond of saying. I will admit that Schwartz, generally speaking, doesn't like disappear. Like in terms, like still notice him on the ice and in a good way. But mm. it's like when he's not scoring, you can tell it's like it's just like opposite. Was it opposite magnets? Same these magnets. He's just he's trying. He's struggling, but it's just not working, man. Mm -hmm. It's just not. It's like uh, mm. there's just an invisible wall. Yeah, I, during this game, I was texting. I think our group thread with. Mm other people from the podcast community justin and jeff get jeff our friends wow way to, but, <laughs> way to really uh lower the veil yeah yeah but uh yeah i think i was just like is it possible that we don't talk about enough about how schwartz just maybe isn't a good finisher and i think there could be some truth to that still mm. uh but because he does always seem to underperform his like expected goals stats because he when you look at like money puck is way ahead of the team in expected goals yeah and some of those kinds of things what's i mean i'll I look see, it up here in a minute i but, notice some missing opportunities and i don't even know if i'd necessarily blame him but it's just like it just always seems like oh it's up over his stick it's under his stick he's running the doorstep it didn't go in it hits the post you know stuff like that and it's like so i notice him He's active. It's not like he's never trying. It's just that some. It seems like he definitely has 
excuse me, hot and cold streaks. Yeah, Schwartz has 20.8 expected goals at all situations mm-hmm. this season. The next closest on the team is, who do you think the next closest on this team is? That's fun. That'll be fun. David Perron? Is third. Okay. Number two is Braden Shin, and he's at 14.3. So that's six and a half fewer expected goals at all situations. So, yeah, that's uh, not great. Expected goals per 60. Schwartz is first. Sunquist is second. And Mackenzie McEachern is third, which isn't promising <laughs> but uh it's okay it's all right oh, man originally on this jaden schwartz goal it was assisted by o'reilly and shen i don't know if it just ended up hitting a devil's player or you know it went off the pad of deming here and they mm. didn't realize it at first so eventually it just was jaden schwartz unassisted and i felt bad because o'reilly and shen needed those points they needed to become unsnake bitten and uh, o'reilly does in the future here but i was like man just collect some points they were definitely a uh, part of the goal. Without them, the goal doesn't happen. But still, it would have would have been nice to see them get on the score sheet. But nevertheless, Blues win 3-0. Bennington gets his second shutout of the season. The last one he had, I believe, was like against Calgary in November. And I was at that game, too. November 21st. Yeah, that's when they wore the clown jerseys. Terrific notes you took here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a phenomenal performance. The Blues limited the Devils to zero high danger chances, <laughs> and I don't know if the Blues points, limited the Devils or if the Devils limited the Devils. Nine five expected goals. Yeah, I mean the Devils are a bad team, right? Yeah. So we played the right team at the right time mm-hmm. to start to get hot. No question. They looked they looked like they were trying to get a little fight at the beginning, and then they realized yeah. that the Blues weren't going to fight them, and they gave up. But yeah, and you got to play, you got to beat who's in front of you, mm. right? I know that's an old cliche, but it's true, right? Like you can't, yeah. you can't play anybody but who you're playing. So. There was a penalty in this I was going to take note of, and I'm just glad I remember it now. But so I forgot PK Subban was on the Devils, mm-hmm. and I'm sure by in a couple of days he won't be. He might not be, yeah. But uh, he's doing his, his classic, you know, trying to mug people around the net and just lay on top of them. And most certainly throw, like, punches mm-hmm. that are somehow legal. And he definitely tosses one at Steen's head, and Steen kind of moves out of the way of it. But he knocks Steen's helmet off, and they keep playing, and Steen's helmet is off, and they play, and they play. And they blow the whistle yeah. dead when the Blues are touching it, and it turns out Subban gets the a Blues were penalty for it the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> Subban gets a penalty for roughing, and then Steen gets a penalty for playing without a helmet, which I know is a rule. You're supposed to like get off the ice, but also like you're in the offensive zone. Why are you gonna be like, oh, hold on, and then skate out? Yeah, apparently that's the that's idea. Stupid. Yeah, it's so dumb, and it was dumb that it took them twenty seconds. To do it, yeah. I guess maybe some of that is them trying to like give him time to make a play, make a move towards the bench. But yeah, yeah. when it's knocked off by a penalty, that's what I mean. It like, shouldn't be a penalty. <sighs> like if it, if you want to blow the play dead, fine mm-hmm. for player safety. But when it's knocked off by a penalty, that should not become an offsetting minor. Come on. Come that was on. dumb. Steve is... was giving it to him. I remember until they called that, you know, on the mm-hmm. PA, I was like, I don't know what the fuck was even for. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the Devils are not a good team, but mm-hmm. from there the Blues moved on to play two teams that 
typically play them very well. Mm-hmm. And the first was the Arizona Coyotes, who I think were, didn't you tweet out were like one three and one in yes, the last five we're games against one, them. One three and one. And you know they're a good young team, but that is lopsided compared to how good we've been in the last. Although I think both of our games, at least two games between the two of us last year, came before the turnaround. Because I remember we got just smoked. Oh, one of them, yeah, but. one of them was definitely. I remember being like, we had just beat like Colorado pretty handedly, and then we like, got yeah. botched like the next game well, by those oh, guys. It was after the Pareko broken equipment game, wasn't it? Because hmm. I think that was before the turnaround, and I think we were like, okay, Maybe well, if you're ever gonna like wake up, this is the time because that was such a big win, and then we went to Arizona and just got. Smoked. But we already had Brube as coach i think yeah i think i think yo was already fired at that point probably the, but we were pretty weird... bad for a while no i know but this, was was weird... there. this was their analytical turnaround yeah they're like oh the blues are doing a lot yeah. better in december but they're not they're not winning yet yeah but i do think i think those might have been the circumstances because mm-hmm. yo wasn't there for the pareco game i don't think i don't think so I think that was later. But in any case, uh, whenever it was, we they played us well overall. Uh, Barubi, not surprisingly, stuck with the same lines that he just tran- chan- changed to for the big win. Uh, Marco Scan- Scandella made his uh, NHL, or not NHL, his Blues debut returning to the Central Division after a number of many, many, many years with the Minnesota Wild, drafted mm-hmm. in the second round in 2008 by whoever their general manager was at the time, still Chuck Fletcher probably. probably. Chuck Fletcher, yeah. uh, and Pareko uh, was his wingman. Uh, if you can, if I can use that term, why not? And he was wearing the number six, which I have zero problems with. Apparently there Did were somebody? some people who were like, that's Joel Evanson's number. What Sorry. the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you're gonna do that, might as well like you can't wear that. That's Eric Johnson's number. Yeah, like, I don't give a <laughs> well, shit. Well, probably when Joel Evanson took it, some people probably did say that. But whatever. Uh, and this was Bennington versus Anti Ranta, who is for the for the record. I mean, people found out in this game, but Anti Ranta, a very good goaltender, mm-hmm. and they will trade him for a decent amount to make him somebody else's starter in his final year of his contract in this summer. Uh, this was, you know, there's it was a great game. Mm-hmm. It's a ton of fun to watch. There's not a whole lot to discuss. Uh, the Blues basically dominated this from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, great zone pressure off the stop. A start, Bennington made some solid saves. Uh, he had that save on Taylor Hall on the breakaway late in the period where it looked like he was maybe hurt. Um, they did kind of do a weird, like... Body movement. Uh, yo talked about Yo, uh, Pang, short bald men, you know, they're all the same. <laughs> Pang talked about it and was seemed to be really worried about him, but he came back out for the third uh, or second. Sunquist passed the puck over to Barvashev on a two on one at one point, and Barvashev's shot would have been a goal, but Ranta quips the puck with a knob of his stick, sending it wider than that. Ranta was on fire. And uh, the I, didn't second, think, I didn't think we were going to solve them, quite honestly, for a little while there. I, th- I was confident at the beginning that it was just going to be another Domingue thing where we'd eventually break the floodgates. Mm-hmm. But for a while, I got to the point where I was like, oh, he just wins this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were those games like, uh, you remember those games? It was it felt like a game in the Wild series, not, series honestly, where it was like Jake Allen is just not going to be beaten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or those games that Halak took over when he was with the Canadians mm-hmm. and he powered them through a playoff series, you know. 
Uh, it felt like that. Uh, the Blues were even more superior in the second. Uh, and Blaise Sundquist and Barbashev had some great chances. Uh, and Ranta was a brick wall. And then David Perron finally scored, but he didn't. Uh, <laughs> and he was offsides. And uh, I will throw to you for your thoughts in a minute. But mm-hmm. that was the point where I was like, oh, so this is the weird thing where he didn't shut us out. But because we got the goal and we got it taken away, that breaks our backs. And they're going to squeak a goal in late mm-hmm. in the third and win one nothing. So at that point, I was like, ah, shit. So, Ian, why are offside reviews awful? <laughs> I was going to say that uh, having a goal squeak in like that did feel... Or if they, if this held like that and the Arizona got the goal against us right after this overturned goal, I would have been super pissed. And that would have been, that would have been enough for me for that night. But yeah, uh, offsides reviews are so dumb and bad. And I get that Perron was offsides for this, his, his own goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I get that. That was very clear. It was not, yeah. that is not what is up for debate, but it's the fact that he was off by, you know, centimeters or an inch or whatever. And that we have to go back and look at it and, discern whether or not that's the case and to see if that does that impact the play and yada yada and i was like man offside should be like i get this will never happen it should be kind of like a handshake rule like yeah if that dude's way off sides i mean that's off sides but if you're like just barely and you're attempting to stay on and everything why not just let that be onside why not like uh-huh. it's i understand and yeah would i feel different if it was the other way sure maybe i guess but it just feels like you're slowing a very fast-paced game down for this crap, and it's like, did it affect anything? Was him being off by a centimeter really what led to the goal? Like, yeah. It just, I don't know. I do wish, the one I especially wish is like when there's like a 30-second gap, and it's still a goal, and you're just mm-hmm. like, screw that. But, yeah, I wish there was more objectivity, and then when I think about it, I'm like, but wait... Or subjectivity, I guess. Mm. But when I think about it, I'm like, but I guess if the play is offsides, just should, nothing should have happened after that. So mm. you can't really say, well, it didn't affect the goal because like it affected the goal because play still happened, mm. you know. So it's like it's hard, but yeah, it's just a bad system, and it's definitely like I wish I I don't know that coaches should get a challenge. Mm-hmm. I feel like it should have to be a referee saying, hey, let's run that one back. Mm-hmm. But then again, like any way you do it, it's going to be is a the problem re- But then is it point. the ref's problem because the coaches see it, but the refs won't review it? When they were talking about rule Pandora's changes, box. when they were talking about rule changes after all the debauchery of last playoffs with the hand pass and the minor major penalty on the uh, Golden Knights and all of that, um, I remember Sean McIndoe of The Athletic, uh, the Down Goes Brown uh, mm-hmm. is his pen name. I guess not really because we know his real name, but whatever. Um, his, I know who you are. There's some word for it that I can't think of that ends with NIM. But in any case, uh, he um, was kind of always, he was, he was to his credit sort of saying the whole time like, be careful with how you how many changes you want because it may seem like replay reviews for hand passes are so obvious and so easy, but we thought the same thing about offsides review, and now everybody hates it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's, he's right. They've, there's no way to do these without screwing something up. And I guess in balance I would rather 
get screwed over by calls like this if it's going to protect me from really getting hosed on like a a hand pass level bad call, mm-hmm. you know, but it is annoying for sure. Ending up, ended up in this game not mattering eventually because, as you said here, if the last period was the Blues showing how superior to the Coyotes they were, this period was the Blues establishing control over a tired team. Uh, and finally, 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 on what I would say was a pretty fluky, squeaky goal, Ryan O'Reilly breaks his own long scoring drought and breaks the team's game-long scoring drought at exactly the 12th minute of the third period with Braden Shin and Colton Pareko assisting. Pareko has four points in two games. Uh, the Blues had about 60-plus seconds of sustained zone time that led up to this goal. Not the first time in the game that we mm. had that. And then O'Reilly passed the puck from the point down low to Shin in the right circle. O'Reilly drove to the net and Shin passed the puck back to him. O'Reilly skated out to Ronta's left side and shoveled a backhand shot towards the net. The puck hit the post, then Ronta's back, and it lands in the net. Not your prettiest goal. Mm. Not going to end up on O'Reilly's career highlight reel. But it's a goal, and a goal is a goal, and it's a goal, and in a game like this, it's enough to win, and the Blues did indeed win one nothing. I don't think we even got the chance on the empty net, really, but also I don't think they really threatened us with the man no, pulled. No, it was so, a lot of just neutral zone I mean, when they, when they end with 14 shots, not a great sign. Uh, Four, 14 shots to 46. Yeah, I mean, this game, this, the, the, the story of this game overarching story was as simple as anti-ranta basically tried to win this single-handedly there's a uh statistics for game for wins stolen which is an advanced metric and i don't know exactly how they capture it but i know connor hellebuck leads the league at eight and jordan or no actually jacob markstrom leads the league at eight and i think jordan bennington and connor hellebuck are tied at five in second place uh, but in any case, it felt like this, should, <laughs> I don't know how they calculate it, but it feels like this should have been one that Ronta got credit for, even though the team lost, mm-hmm. you know, wins almost stolen. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the blues stories of these games, persevering and winning, I think is a big one for mm-hmm. them because a week ago they would have crumpled and found a way to lose this one. Uh, and then Marco Scandella, I think, looked really good in mm-hmm. his debut game. I will talk about the trade in a little bit and the price we paid. We'll talk about that. But he's here now. Whatever mm-hmm. whatever the situation is and circumstances surrounding it. Um, and he looked fine. And he looked yeah. fine tonight. He looked, he's fit right in. It's not necessarily easy to join a, a good unit and a team that knows each other really well and just, you know, hit the ground running, so to speak. And he looked great. Mm-hmm. Got back and lifted the stick on a break up a two yeah. on O by the Coyotes. I don't know if it was Hall or not, but yeah, it looked really good. I want to say Hall was at least involved. Yeah. I don't know if it was his he stick. Pinched, he pinched in a lot, which is good. We talk a lot about how the defense is active for the Blues, that they're winning games and they looked very active. In Arizona, and Scandell was a yeah, big part of that. He's by no means an offensive defenseman, but I think mm-hmm. he is more of a presence in the offensive zone than Bomey's. They mentioned is. his shot being fairly good, yeah, or at least fairly fairly hard. So his, that's good. His uh, expected goal and goal four percentage numbers are really good. We'll talk about that when we talk about the trade. Also, a big story in this game: Jordan Cairo. Uh, I would say, and Craig Berube did say, 
his best game as a blue, mm-hmm. arguably still even counting tonight when he had two points. Um, yeah, he just looked like a game changer. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was confident. He looked like he was making plays. And, um, yeah, he just overall looked very good, very active, very fast, very highly skilled. Um, That's what I noticed what the most. Thoughts? He's a lot less of a passenger. I think before and early on in this, in this season and last season, and it all makes sense, but when you're a young player, you're going to kind of look like a passenger because you're going to defer a lot. You're going to say, hey, I'm going to pass to Bozak or Steen or whoever because they're the – they're the veteran on this team. They're the St. Louis Blues. They'll drive the play. I'm just here to help out and learn, you know. Uh-huh. But at a certain point, you do kind of have to say, man, I'm part of this team too. I'm also, I'm just as equally skilled a player. I was drafted. I'm in the NHL. I got to take some ownership for how I play the game and my game and translating it to the NHL. And I think his game was always going to translate well. It was just trying to get him the confidence to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And he would show his speed and spurts. But I thought, yeah, today especially against Dallas and in this Arizona game, uh, he was looked a lot faster and a, with a lot more like intent, a lot more uh, holding on to the puck, I think, too. Not as much passing to other guys. And when he was holding on to the puck, uh, it's just chaos for other players because mm-hmm. he's so damn fast. It's just moving people out of position. It's getting other people open. I think Cairo with the puck is dangerous for a number of reasons, and I think a lot of it just has to do with him being such a speedy guy and being, you know, chaos for this other team to defend against. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, you know, I've gone to bat a lot on Twitter. You have too, for Jordan Cairo, especially as the trade deadline is heating up. Um, And, you know, I, I I get pretty defensive about Cairo. Be- par- partially because I feel like we went through a lot of the same stuff with Robert Thomas mm-hmm. last year, and now he is unquestionably our best player overall skill. Maybe not the most consistent, mm-hmm. but I, he does things now every game that are just like, what? Huh? Mm-hmm. How? What? You know? And he has that confidence, too, to try things that he never would have tried 30 games into his NHL career. And Jordan Cairo, man, like... You talk, you know, people talk about trading him for Chris Kreider, and I think, fortunately, I think the last two games have killed any possibility of something like that happening. Mm-hmm. But when people were talking about that, it's like, man, people, there, there aren't fifteen people in the NHL with Jordan Kyrou's skill set. I'm not saying he's one of the top fifteen players in the league, but there aren't fifteen people who are as fast as him, with as good a hands. And, and creative abilities as he has, you know? And that doesn't mean he has a complete game. That doesn't mean he's ever going to be a great four-checker, mm-hmm. you know? But, like, you cannot tr- trade guys like that for temporary solutions. And now that we're sort of seeing it, and we'll talk about it more in this game, it's just, like, it's nice to see it pay off because I I don't know if this is every hockey fan base or if it's our hockey fan base or if it's... Ty Ratty and Dimitriask and post-traumatic stress disorder. But people in this town, not everybody, but a lot Mm. of people in this town, do not trust and do not believe in prospects. And I get that inclination. And 
You shouldn't. I would not, I would never protect Alexei Torbchenko the same way I'm protecting Jordan Kyrou. I wouldn't protect Clem Costin the same way I protect Jordan Kyrou. If you could go out and trade Clem Costin and not a first-round pick for Chris Kreider right now, I'd probably do that. But as my house collapses. <laughs> but, Your house is not happy but, with these trades. But, you know, like, it's just he's so specifically unique <laughs> and now we know the culprit um and uh he's just yeah he's just a special special player and i'm glad he's showing it he reminds me a lot of in a way of a patrick kane where it's like he's a smaller player i don't think he's patrick kane small but uh and, and he's shifty and he's fast mm-hmm. and it's like like you said kind of like you were saying He's not going. I would love him to be a two-way player, and he could he could be that. He could be better at that mm-hmm. for sure. But he's never going to be a stalwart in his own end. He's always going to be the guy that's a burner and the guy that's putting the other team on their heels. And that's what you need. You don't need everyone to be Alex Steen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's great to have two-way forwards. You can't have everybody be a two-way forward. Mm. Jordan Cairo brings an element to the Blues that I don't think they've ever had in my time of watching in terms of his speed and skill compared to the rest of the league. I was going to say, most certainly, McDonald, I was gonna say most certainly not in his, no one in their youth. Yeah. You know, we've had, yeah, those guys or, in their latter know, years. I'm dating back to Brett Hall and get, I'm not saying he's the next Brett Hall. Well, but in, a way you, in a way, <laughs> no, you but are. like, you no, know I'm what sure. I'm saying? Like date, he's, he's got that kind of skill where he could be. Hmm. He just has Alexei, very evident Alexei Torovchenko, who I love, could never be that player. Jordan Kyrou might be. And as much as people can say, yeah, well, Ty Reddy scored a lot in juniors too, he, first of all, was never a point per game player in the AHL. And second of all, I don't know for sure, but I would probably bet a million dollars that Ty Reddy was never ranked as like a top 20, top 15, top 10 by some people prospect in the NHL either, you know? It's just Kairu's very special, and you're gonna f- you'd feel pretty stupid if you traded him for a rental, didn't win the cup, and then he was a perennial thirty goal scorer, eighty point, sixty point kind of guy for the New York Rangers or whoever. I was trying to see. Tyrady had eight points with the Blues. Yikes! So Kairu's already passed that. Yeah, that's right. I was like, Kairu's at. Oh no, Kairu! Oh no, Stephen, he's right at eight. No, because that probably doesn't count tonight's though, right? Oh, yeah. And it doesn't so. count the one he's got banked against Anaheim either way. There you so go. We're, we're in the queer. He is not uh, Ty Ratty. Is that, he's so Ty Ratty had eight points. Four goals, four assists. I'm definitely tweeting this. <laughs> I'm tweeting it. He's, you're hearing it here now, folks. He's tweeting it live. Yeah, I never <laughs> thought that was much of a concern, especially, like, I know 2020, 2020 hindsight is clear vision because that's what 2020 is can you get better than 2020 i don't know i don't have glasses i've got perfect vision suck it nerds <laughs> um but i always remember ty ratty being what they say he was always in the right spot on the ice like his hockey iq was good he knew where to be but that was like it it was never like he had a great shot it was never like he was very fast in fact they said his skating was pretty poor uh, they never said, they were, like, his passing was fine, but it was like he scored a lot in juniors as he knew where to be. And that's, I don't want to say that's easy to do. That's, you know, if you score a lot in juniors, that's very impressive. But mm-hmm. I think that's a thing where it's, 
kids amongst kids and if you're thinking if you're the smartest kid on the ice then yeah you're gonna know where to be and you are gonna score and it never translated to the nhl because it was like well shit this this is when you go from your high school and you're the smartest kid then you go to college and that's everyone's smartest kid from all the other high schools and you go oh shit i guess i'm not really the smartest one anymore (laughs) that's what it was he got brought up to the ahl the nhl and granted he he did okay in edmonton for sure but again you're playing with Connor mcdavid i could do pretty well in edmonton so you know i don't i never i never saw anything in tyratty and they talk people have talked so highly of jordan Cairo and the prospect community and everything that i don't know if it's just fans not knowing that and that's okay and just not knowing that information and just because uh prospect community people think someone's gonna be good doesn't mean they are, are going to be necessarily but there was never the same talk around tyratty there was jordan cairo ever there like was ever, also ever. there was nothing in Tyratty's skill set that was elite. Jordan yeah. Cairo is an elite I don't, skater, and that's these guys from, are so different. It's yeah. that the and, and I don't mean listen. I don't mean listen that way. But it's because they're smaller and they're and they kind of look similar in that they're darker skinned and have like black hair. Uh-huh. And they're like, yeah, and we dra- and the Blues drafted both of them, so they're the same now, same yeah. guy. And it's like both second round picks, both tons of points in the OHL. Yeah. Or in the CA. We had Jordan Schmaltz. We was, have a Jaden Schwartz. Was Randy WHL? Those are the same I guys. Like he probably was. But whatever yeah, he was case. with the Portland Winterhawks. Oh, uh, yeah, I knew that. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's just like, like there was no. never any comparison. And we got we to gotta abandon that. It's like it's Not over. Every... <laughs> it's over, too, because it was never real. I don't know. It's just the weirdest It's the weirdest thing to me. They were both Blues prospects, but so was Tyler to, to Chance. And yeah. I'm not like, this guy's the next Tyler to Chance. <laughs> you know, have you seen it? I think he is. This guy's the next. Fucking let him name another one. I've got him. I got one loaded. Uh, it's, uh, well, I'm not going to look currently. Uh, uh, Nikolai Craig. <laughs> he's the next Nikolai Craig Christensen. Yeah. Uh, for those who are new here, we do an episode every summer called the prospect pyramid which is another idea we've just directly stolen from steve dangle but we did that with his permission we're okay he tweeted us it was okay uh but we did just if people if people i'm not saying we're the end all be all but if we put someone tier two or above and we have every year just because we happen to have kairu and thomas Mm -hmm. but going forward that means they're Stop, don't don't come at us with the just Tyratty. Tier three and below, if you want to do the Tyratty thing, whatever. But what? tier two and above <laughs> is special. So tier three and below, that's free free reign. It's just I don't know. That's it, the ty, it's Tyratties all the way down. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect to go on quite that much of a Tyratty tangent, but we did it. It's a uh, Tyratty tangent. There we go. Uh, TRT baby. Uh, the Blues outshot the Coyotes forty-six to fourteen. What percentage of shots is that? It's over 75%, because 45 and a 60 would be 75%, so not great. You say uh, you're not good at math all we, the time, but I'm always surprised. Oh, thank you. I'm pretty bad, you but I can mind. usually do some of that sort of stuff. But um, thank you. That's, actually, that made me, made me feel happy. Uh, the Coyotes won vastly more face-offs. Let me calculate this real quick. 57%. <laughs> I was like, now how do I dagger you? It's right there on the page, you 
idiot. Uh, and uh, we had more hits, we had more blocks, and we have more giveaways. But to be fair, that's because we had the puck 80% of the time. So we had more opportunities to give it away. Uh, at even strength, the Blues had a Corsi 4 advantage of 67%. At all strengths, I think it was like... 80% or 75%. Uh, and um, we had uh, this is some amount of high, just 17 high danger chances and even strength to their five, which five and 14 shots. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I know. Well, their, their chances, I remember being like, that's why I was worried. I was like, damn, uh-huh. every time they get one, I'm like, ah, shit, here comes the goal. <laughs> uh, heat map was just a blue oval in front of the net. Very nice mm-hmm. for us. Uh, and the money puck uh, expected goals percentage, every blue <laughs> is above every coyote. Uh, O'Reilly, ironically, the lowest on our team, even though he had the goal. Uh, the Blake, the Bozak, Cairo, uh, Steen line of the expected goal percentage uh, is at the top, which means their line was just completely dominant, always in the offensive zone. And that's a good sign of why Hall, Garland, Dvorak line was 50%, which means they played pretty well. But even that, you know, people were talking about trading Jordan Cairo for Taylor Hall back in December, and that trade, which I fought hard against then, would have made a lot more sense to me than trading him for Chris Kreider mm-hmm. now. But even that, it's like now, two months after that trade would have happened, I'm not saying Jordan Cairo is better than Taylor Hall, but he was in this game. Mm. You know, certainly, so, certainly cost less. Yeah, certainly very true. Uh, so the Blues moved on to play the Dallas Stars tonight, and I had a feeling that this was going to be a blowout. In fact, as a matter of fact, I said to you, I feel like it could be five to one. Uh, which it turned out to be, I'm not saying I'm a prophet, but uh, 17, 12, 49, and 36 are your Powerball numbers tomorrow. That's not enough to be a Powerball number, but the Powerball mm-hmm. itself is 58. We got something crazy going on here. You predicted the score. I had a dream that I shit my pants, <laughs> and now all day today, all I can do is poop. I'm just saying, (laughs) we're the same level. I think we're both like X-Men. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) Petrangelo is out sick, or was he? They're resting him. He's packing up his triplets. He's getting moved. Mike Commodore is about to tweet back your shit. Uh, which is not what you did in your dream last night. No, I no, I, unpa- I unpacked it over and over and over again. <laughs> Robert Bortuzzo got into the lineup. Tyler Bozak also was banged up, and Mackenzie McEachern does in on the fourth line. Sunquist moved up to center Steen and Cairo, which didn't seem to hurt them none. And this was a hot start by the Blues. They looked good early, and they got the first goal. Almost six minutes in, Steen got a puck that Kairou took a shot on the net, deflected off Bishop to his right. A scramble ensued, and Steen buried the puck in the net amongst all the confusion. Bishop almost had it, but you got to be quicker than that, which was pretty much true of him all game until he got yanked. Yeah, he didn't look 
Rays. Kairou's fourth assist, Colton Pareko's 15th assist. Uh, David Perron scored in the 17th minute to uh, make it 2 to nothing. Pareko took a slapper from the point. Uh, ben Bishop had PTSD flashbacks and dug into his foxhole. Uh, there was chaos in front of the net, and swatting Thomas was swatting away at the puck, and it bounced back off of Bishop's pads. Perron collected the rebound and pops the puck past Bishop. 2 nothing. Early doors, as the Brits say. I don't know what that means. Early doors just means early on in a game. Why? Why? (laughs) Explain yourself, Brit. They just like to say random nonsense. They really do. You know, you read the Harry Potter books Uh and you think she's saying magical words and all that shit. That's just shit that they say. Crikey, bloody, glimey. Bulger, bludger, muggle. Yeah, <laughs> bludger is just a, a businessman. That's just what bludger means. Your uh, father's a bludger. <laughs> I know. My old family's been bludgers for four generations. <laughs> you know, you know how it is. So, yeah, we nailed it. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the boys are up to nothing, and uh, man, I don't want to. I don't want to speed through this game but i just feel like there's not that much to say jordan Cairo gets his big breakaway off robert thomas's assist godspeed to them sharing the most assists in history between them <laughs> just being the greatest pairing of all time uh probably won't catch up to the sedines but here's how you know uh, <laughs> thomas picked the pocket of stephen johns who is fortunately playing the nhl career again so mm-hmm. good for him uh not a great look though turned around found kairu in the neutral zone with a slick pass kairu is the fastest man on either side of this game probably and skated uh into the stars zone one-on-one against oleksiak who sorry jamie i know you're gonna score later so feel good about yourself <laughs> but you didn't have a prayer he pulled up he put on the brake so gained some separation from Alexiak, skate across the high slot and whips a wrister behind bishop which honestly bishop didn't look great on mm-hmm. but it is a breakaway one-on-one mm-hmm. clean shot and uh jordan Kyrie is really good and that... i think this will be the moment you know he's gonna struggle some more mm-hmm. i'm not he's not just a no prospect is a meteoric straight lineup, which I think is what we forget a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the moment where we can say he's arrived. We've got we don't have to we don't have to be thinking about like maybe let's send him back down to the AHL. I think we can say he's here. He's here. <laughs> Get used to it. Uh, but yeah, he's he's here. He's shown what he can do. Now we just got to let him get games under his belt. Mm-hmm. And that's going to happen however fast it happens. I was impressed with this goal because I felt like I'd seen this goal before. And then I realized this goal is how I score like all my goals in NHL. Uh-huh. Where it's like you just skate in, you skate across the zone, their, their defenseman tries to poke at you and nothing. Then you just whip a wrist around mm-hmm. and you're like, every time, baby. Yep. Especially when you guys got. What I usually do skating. is I'll skate up across. I'll skate up along the board until I get to the curve at mm-hmm. like behind the net, and then you skate in and just a stall until the goalie moves like half an inch off the post, and then you just pot the top corner. It works every time. Oh, that's broken. So that's stupid. broken. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, it's it's very nice. So yeah, this was a beautiful goal. Jaden Schwartz scored. He's got goals in two straight. 
uh, one or sorry, two in the last three, I guess. His 20th of the season, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, 42 assists. Vince Dunn, 12 assists. O'Reilly hits Schwartz with a cross-eyes pass, and Schwartz shoots the puck up and down, up and over Bishop's blocker and into the net. Not a good look for Bishop, who then got pulled, I think. Third period, Pareko scored with a slapper on now Anton Godoba. Schwartz and O'Reilly assisted. And Jamie Alexiak scored with three and a half minutes left to break. The Blues lengthy shutout streak um, and I would say not to pick on Jake, but probably one he could have had, uh, but he didn't have it and whatever, you still win 5-1, so who cares? Uh, this was a fast game that the Blues won. They looked fast, they looked active, they looked hungry, and they played great, mm-hmm. as you said. Uh, I was afraid for the last few weeks that maybe what we were seeing was just the, and I the playoff exhaustion finally catching up with them, and maybe they just weren't going to be good again this season, you know? Oh, and, yeah. And uh, I think we're past that concern, at least. We're now three in a row, and maybe we can fire off another one of those seven or eight game win streaks, and I want to get ahead of myself. But, uh, you know, maybe we can really build some momentum here and get right back into a healthy lead on the conference and maybe even into the President's Trophy hunt. I haven't looked in a while. I think we're probably kind of out of that. But I think we were 10 points last week, right? So that's not totally mm-hmm. out of the out of the question but uh yeah i it mean is. it is basically, it basically <laughs> is but you know it might, yeah you know i was impressed in this game because we just played so damn fast and we mm-hmm. actually looked the part like we could actually do it uh we also had a really good pk here the stars had four uh power plays and we killed all four of them i believe i just was counting it up over these last four games we were 12 for 12 on the penalty kill mm. Uh, much better because if, I think as of last Six, week we were last in the, since January first. Yeah, so. we were last since January first, so that's probably picking us up a little bit. And there. that's not necessarily a big place that Scandal is going to help, but you know he's he's available. Oh, I think he played some PK. Time. Yeah, no, he yeah. has. I just that's not necessarily his specialty. He's not that guy, but he's mm. going to play there. So, yeah. So. I was like, and that's something that Bo Meester is doing anyways. So yeah, he's yeah. he's helping out in that regard. I like Scandella's game. I didn't really notice him as much in the Dallas game, but again, that's totally fine. That's more than okay. I mean, here's the thing, and this is no insult to Marco Scandella, but if he's a second line, second pairing left-handed defenseman, not noticing him is fine. Mm. We didn't notice Jay Bomeister a lot. Usually when we noticed Jay Bomeister, it was not for good reasons, which is no insult to Jay Bomeister. We love Jay Bomeister, but it's the deer in the headlights. If you're <laughs> if you're a non-offensive defenseman, then don't be noticed and you're great. You know? So, that's great, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh the Blues had a mild Corsi four advantage here at even strength. I I guess because they had the lion shirts at the penalty, it wouldn't be any better at all strengths, but mm. Um, I'm surprised by that because I thought we played much better than them. We didn't get as nearly as many shots in this game as we have in recent games, but the ones we got, we made count. We had uh, a huge majority of high danger chances again, which, you know, when the Blues are at their very best, and this is something we did a lot in the um, Wild series with Allen, as much as credit as he deserves, mm. when the Blues are at their very best, they're really limiting good opportunities. Mm. You know, well, I mean, they're really forcing people to the outside, keeping them away from the net. And I mm. think when we were struggling, that was probably our most consistent problem is allowing traffic in front of the net. And listen, Bennington and Allen aren't the kind of goalies that are going to make a lot of saves when they're heavily screened. You know, they're just not 
neither one of them is an extraordinary Carey Price level guy mm. who's just a god. But also part of Carey Price's thing is always being in the right position. It's not so much that he's an extraordinary athlete, you know, so. And now his thing is sucking. <laughs> That's but, right. That's right. Um, yeah, and I mean, you can see it's evident. We were allowing 30 plus shots the last couple of games. And then, or before the streak here, before the stretch, and now against the Predators, we allowed 24. And then against the Devils and the Coyotes and the Stars, we allowed sub-20 in all three of those games. Mm-hmm. So really good job by the defense we overall. We allowed 52 against Vegas last Thursday. Woof. And we, 31 plus 19, didn't allow 52 in the last three games. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. That pretty much sums it up. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, three and one in our last four. The one was very close. Uh, who, who do we have next? I think we play Minnesota on Sunday. That I can't remember who we play Tuesday. You should go win in Minnesota. Yeah, you the should. The way they're breaking apart right now. Um, we've got Chicago hosting them on Tuesday, then hosting the Islanders and the Stars. Those will be our next two big sort of tests. Islanders on Thursday is a clown jersey night, everyone. We so have, pay attention and watch that game. We have a phenomenal, as I understand it, I think maybe after today's game, we have a really easy schedule. I'm just skipping ahead. It looks like it. Mm-hmm. At Minnesota, host Chicago, host Islanders, host Dallas. At New York Rangers, New York Devils, Chicago. Host Florida at Anaheim, the makeup game. Host San Jose, host Ottawa. <laughs> so what? I've named like two playoff teams in the last 10 mm. games. Go to Philly, go to Carolina, go to Florida, go to Washington. That'll be kind of a tough trip. Host Kings, Minnesota, Detroit. We've still got a Detroit <laughs> game. Host Boston and go to Colorado. So we've got maybe five of our last 20 games that are against like marquee opponents Mm -hmm. and a lot of winnable games which isn't i don't necessarily care about the president's trophy or anything i'd like to win the conference because hey Mm -hmm. a nice advantage why not but um most importantly just you're not gonna have to kill yourself you're not gonna Mm -hmm. you know i'm sorry the red wings are not gonna be smashing into you on the against the boards (laughs) on the March 31st. Maybe the Bruins will on April 2nd. I was going to say, that'd be kind of nice, though, because you do want them to be able to get up for some games. You know, yeah. you don't, well, you do want to go no, in the playoffs. The hot. Bruins and the Avalanche are the last two. Yeah. Because those are good opponents that we can want to beat. Uh, but we are at, we were three points ahead of Colorado. I'm assuming this doesn't update yet. I don't know. Uh, was tonight our 63rd game? Uh, I think so. So, yeah, we'd win one more. We'd be five points clear if they didn't play tonight. Um, Boston has 90 points, so we're still eight points back of them, so that's probably out of the question. But I don't care. I've got the President's Trophy as much as I just have a good end of the season. So, mm-hmm. um, so uh, yeah. It's it's good. It's nice. That's uh, fine, but you want to go in hot. I want to do some research. We got to figure did out. Did we go in hot last year? I mean, we I mean, were we went hot in, overall. We went in relatively hot. Okay. Do you remember the year 20, 2014 oh, our, oh, was? You it? don't even have to fucking was it 2014 <laughs> when we went in with like an eight-game losing uh-huh. streak? Yeah, it was. This team falling apart, and we were somehow... Why? How were we duped, Steven, <laughs> into <laughs> bleeding the Hawks 2 nothing in the... 
round one in that series, our only round that year, <laughs> surprise, surprise, and being like, what happened? How did we get reverse swept? How'd they win four in a row? Because our team was shit. Look, I need something to get angry about, okay? I went to go see Transcendence, that terrible Johnny Depp movie, earlier that day. I went later that day to go see uh, the Blues win in overtime I, against the I Hawks like in game two. blaming the players, sort of. Mm-hmm. For seeing a Johnny Depp movie. They made me see it. <laughs> you looked in the parking lot and saw had a 16% score on Rotten Tomatoes and then thought, nah, we're already here, forgetting apparently that movie theaters have other movies. This is what I want to see. <laughs> I have convictions. <laughs> I have a moral code, and that moral code is when I go to a movie theater, I see the movie I came to see, <laughs> and I sit through all and of that's, it. That's the extent of my moral code. Yeah, that's it. Don't ask for more. Uh, Dr. Will Caster, Johnny Depp, the world's foremost authority on artificial intelligence, is conducting highly controversial experiments to create a sentient machine. When extremists try to kill the doctor, they inadvertently become the catalyst for him to, for him to succeed. <laughs> Will's wife, Evelyn... And best friend Max can only watch as as his thirst for knowledge evolves to an omnipresent quest for power. And his loved ones soon realize that he may be impossible to stop. (laughs) That's right. Johnny Depp becomes a robot computer machine Uh person. Naturally. And I believe he they kill him, but then at the end he turns into flowers or something and the world is saved. Oh, flowers for Algernon? Or just yeah. regular. Okay, lives. so the beginning of this movie, the internet is gone, like technology's over. The oh. electricity, a thing of the past. Yeah. But to Is that because Bernie Sanders was a Russian asset? Yeah. Woohoo! He is hashtag <laughs> Russian asset. Check it out, it's trending on Twitter. <laughs> so it must be true. Um they do this thing where they're like showing the future the after the last year. Uh-huh. because the movie they do the whole, like, how did we get here thing. That's terrible. Oh. Um, I bet you're wondering how yeah. I ended up as an interdimensional space robot. Yeah. So they show people, like, propping up their powerless house. You know, I gotta uh. keep this door open. So it's, like, with a keyboard, and someone else is like, I'll use my TV as a s- stool. You know, just random shit to show you. Technology is fucking worthless now. <laughs> Anyways, I remember laughing out loud at this part. No one else cares, but I remember someone literally using a keyboard to like prop a, a window open. I was like, we get it. Technology don't work no more. <laughs> oh, good Go times. see Transcendence. I'm sure it's Go free on Netflix or whatever. Maybe that, maybe that can be the movie we like. How did this get made? How did mm-hmm. this get made over the summer? Mm. I say that and like sh- crappy sports movies are our two main options. By the way, do you remember that the Blues beat the Canucks in a shootout in the final game of last year's regular season? That was how we entered the playoffs. Really? Yep. I don't know why I thought... That was the game because we were playing for the Central Division and we got two points. Uh But the Jets just won and outright surpassed us, I guess. But We have a lot of memorable... Or no, I guess the Preds. Because we played the Jets. We have a lot of memorable last games of the season. We had the one, obviously, against the Avalanche where they beat us, and we didn't make the playoffs, and they did. And what was that, 2018? And then we also had a game, whatever the season was that um, 
Tarasenko hit 40 goals. Mm-hmm. He hit his 40th goal against the Capitals in the last game of the season. I was like, hell yeah, baby. And then we got steamrolled by him. And I remember being like, I don't know how I feel about <laughs> this going into the playoffs. We had one, we had a different one too that was really good. And I can't remember what it was or who it was against. Anyways, so yeah, I look forward to this Avalanche game at the end of the season because uh, it might mean something. You know, it might really mean a different places in the standings for both those yeah, teams. Hopefully, it doesn't. Hopefully, we're seven points ahead by that. Hopefully, we have secured ourselves a wild card yeah. spot by that point. <laughs> That's right. Uh, for those keeping track at home, by the way, the. Detroit Red Wings have officially been eliminated for the from the playoffs. There's so twenty plus games left. The to play. Detroit Red Wings can lo- win every game of the regular season, and in theory, everyone close to them in the standings could lose every remaining game of the regular season, mm-hmm. and they still couldn't claw back in with forty points. <laughs> if they won forty of their remaining points, they would still miss the playoffs. That's because they're sitting at like what? Holy crap! They're sitting at oh, uh, like over thirty. They're over thirty, but I don't think they're at forty yet. No, Maybe I don't they're... doubt it. Maybe they're at forty. Oh, but also the Canadians are like one and or got sw- swept by them. Yeah, this series. and they're in the same so division, so they played them at least four 44. games. So I assume eight, eight of their forty-four points are against the Canadians. Yep. Oh, they're at forty-four. Which, yeah, rats. I was really hoping they weren't going to hit forty. Yeah, that's true. Way to go, Canadians. Way to go, Boston too. You lost <laughs> oh, to yeah, Boston. Yeah, you like beat twice. What the fuck? Oh well, they're. they're uh, fallible. So. I'm hoping for sub 50. Please don't hit 50. Can can you not get three wins? Just stop stop with this nonsense. Just lose. Yeah. yeah. Just lose. Just do it. I want a team of epic badness. The Iser plan. Now they're calling him, thinking, talking about calling up Moritz Sater, the defenseman, the German guy they drafted high this year. Oh, He's yeah, going to yeah. be phenomenal. He's amazing. No, don't that, make any of these like, poor yeah, players touch like, this yeah, shithole. Don't do that to him. Save them. There's, they... He is happier with the Grand mm. Rapids Griffin, which, by the way, is in Grand Rapids a shithole. <laughs> <laughs> The, the St. Charles of yeah, the, the Charles Michigan of area. Northern Michigan. But, uh, no, actually, we drive through Grand Rapids. On the way to Traverse City, it looks beautiful. But anyway. That's right. He'll, he'll apologize to the people of Grand Rapids, but not oh, to the people of St. Charles. Do we need to go down that road again? I live in St. Chuck. No, you live in a place called St. Charles. Get the fuck Listen, out of here. I'm going probably to be in St. Charles tomorrow. I've been taking anti-malarial medication <laughs> for weeks. Yeah, don't just do defend you yeah. into that slum. I hope you've had your TB vaccinations. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, but we're not. We're not sorry. Oh, God. We're gonna... You know how apparently... I mean, we wouldn't know because we're a two-bit second-rate <laughs> podcast, but apparently you can, like, look up where your listenership is from. There's just gonna be, like, a dwindling dot in St. Charles that dwindles down to nothing. I'm assuming because they took good. our advice and they moved out. That's right. And they've been listening from another That's location. Right. From a safer location like East St. Louis. You know, St. Peter's. Yeah, exactly. St. Peter's, you're all right with me. But St. <laughs> Charles, It's not even the whole too. county. It's just the city of St. Charles that you have a problem with. That's right. Okay. Downtown St. Charles. Uh-huh. 
disgusting. The old just town, old like town, old town Saint Charles. You know what? No, 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 no. Uh, real talk, real talk. Uh, old town Saint Charles, fine, no, totally fine. <laughs> no cap. But there's, have you been to like? Have you seen like the streets? Is that what it's called? Oh, of yeah. Saint Charles. Yeah, real talk. Like jokes aside, yeah. the streets of Saint Charles, gross. But... Yeah. They, okay. Good. Oh man, no, I didn't know if we were gonna go the other opposite direction on that in, one. In technically speaking, zero percent different from the Chesterfield Valley, but so much worse. I don't know why this is all happening, but like. Why is it, everything's happening so fast? But uh, why why is it that I don't like, and not St. Charles, we're going to give you a break. Why is it that I don't like these things where they put like, here's some shops, and on top of it we're putting a, 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 a what I want to say, hotel, a, apartments, and it's like it's always been here, and it's a fun little stay and like play, and like- yeah. Just, yeah not, the, not to pick on our other favorite yeah. whipping boy. <laughs> but I'm just like, it weirds me out. And maybe just because I'm not like, I feel less of a county person these days. I don't. Because I live near the city or in the city. But it weirds me out because they're like, hey, we've got a we've got a Walgreens underneath you. And we built this, this you know, apartment above it. Just stay here. Like, don't ever ima- leave. Imagine it. It's just like living in New York, except that you're in Twin Oaks. There, yes, that's what it is. It's like this weird, like, living in luxury. Whatever they... How dare you? Whenever, <laughs> whenever I see luxury on a thing, uh-huh. there's apartments like further down from me in U City, and like they look nice, but they say luxury on them. I'm like, nope, not even true. You, they're in University you, City. You need to put quotes around luxury. That's not. It shouldn't be allowed for you to just say lies to me. Yeah, yeah. I don't like luxury. Is it that I don't like encouraging people to get out less? Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I it feel feels like very our insular. Is already like we would never have to leave the house. Yeah, literally, we would never have to leave the house if we didn't want to. You get paid by deposit. Like if you worked from home, mm-hmm. you would, which I do, and I don't ever leave the <laughs> house. But like, you don't yeah. encourage me to travel less. Don't encourage me. Don't put a sauce in the side in my basement, mm-hmm. and say, "Come on down." Maybe that's what weirds me out. It just feels like a trap. Mm-hmm. Fucking trap. Yeah. Out in suburbia. Let me I let me live and die in my city. I would not be coming. So that Twin Oaks place mm-hmm. has a nice sports bar, a sauce yeah. on the side, a subway, which, uh, a pizza hut, a nice Italian restaurant, <laughs> a nice Mexican restaurant, a Fritz's, a Hardee's. A Walgreens, a Schnucks. Someone's going to move there. You're all selling within them. Literal walking distance, and I don't like it. I don't like it. I guess that's healthier than getting in my car and going to one of these places, but I don't like it. <laughs> Go experience some culture. Yeah. Like, what does St. Louis have? The hill. Go to the go hill. To the aquarium. Those people well, aren't need to go to the breaking in money hand over fist. They are. It's fifty dollars a ticket. And Holy shit! Is it really? Out. I think it's maybe thirty for a day. And fifty for a I heard it's smaller. season pass. Smaller than you would think. Yeah, I bet. But it I'm is. sure it's great. I'm sure it is. It's fantastic. It's shed Aquarium, live and die by it. Also, folks, if you're sleeping on the aquarium at Bass Pro Shop in Springfield, oh, you yeah. ought to stop. It's dope. Have you been there? Uh, I saw it being constructed when I was living down you, there. If you like aquariums, you and me are going to road trip something. <laughs> I'm going to say, if you like Bass Pro, then you're <laughs> going to be amazed that they shove an aquarium yeah. in there. But no. It's supposed to have every, like, breed of, breed, every kind of, <laughs> yes. like, Missouri fish, fish yeah. there, no, which you, is kind of cool. You and me are for real good at guessing. 
I assume it's a catfish and a bass. Not the same weekend we go to Nashville, but sometime we plan two road trips. We're we're an adorable couple, folks. And speaking of adorable, the Blues traded for Marco Scandella, who Ooh, he's is hot. the handsomest man alive. Uh, and um, yeah. Uh, and that was that. I think his girlfriend's a supermodel too, so it's a whole beautiful family. He's from Montreal, is he not? Yeah, one of those one of those weirds. But it doesn't sound overly French Canadian. No, not at all. Not as much as like I was expecting. Pretty much Maxime Lapierre, David yeah. Perron, uh, Patrick friggin' official yeah, Patrick Wall, where they just Thursday sound where exactly you the intellige- same. Intelligent. I can't do I can't do a French Canadian accent, yeah, but you know. Oh. Yeah, but said like a pig. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the frog. They're the frog. Oh, they are the frog. Uh, the Blues gave up a second round pick next year and a conditional fourth round pick, which if if it's converted, it's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, you know, if it's converted, we made the conference final again, or we, he was good enough here for us to resign him. So either way, uh, at least a second round pick, the Canadians retained half of his cap hit, which means he's only $2 million against the Blues cap instead of four, which means he fits entirely under uh, J-Bo's cap hit, which the Blues traded, uh, sent J-Bo to LTIR. I mean, I think at this point it's pretty obvious he's not going to play again, but we don't know anything official and, you know, I hope he can, but um, there's no guarantee he was going to play next season anyway, even mm-hmm. if he was 100% healthy, so... Seems unlikely, but we're supposed to know more in seven or eight days. I forget what the Armstrong timeline was. I don't think there's much question that we overpaid for Marcus Scandella. Yeah. Just given the fact that he was traded earlier this season for a fourth round pick. Well, that's which Buffalo's I know fault. is Buffalo's fault and not at the trade that's deadline. That's most most everything is Buffalo's but fault. But here's the thing about Scandella that's different from going out and overpaying for a Chris Kreider or somebody. You had to get a left-handed defenseman because a left-handed defenseman that you had that was playing 22 minutes a night just got kind of Thanos snapped out of your lineup, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to be a little crass about it. So, like, you were forced to make this move. So I don't hold that against Doug Armstrong. I would have preferred to get um, Brendan Dillon, even though he spells Brendan stupidly. How do you think he spells Brendan? I know this because I looked it up, but is it with is it two E's? Uh, Brendan, I, I shouldn't blame him because it's not his fault. Yeah, I mean you can, you can get it legally. I was just saying, get it legally so, changed. You can always go to the judge. He moved to the Washington Capitals shortly before this trade happens, which makes you think maybe we were in on him and had to go to a fallback option. But uh, as some people pointed out on Twitter, maybe Doug Wilson is petty, and we tried to match the Capitals' offer, and he just chose the. Capitals because we aren't sort of conference rivals. I tend to think that's stupid, but you know what they say about Doug Wilson. What do they say about Doug Wilson? Ian? I mean, I don't want to say it. He doesn't like it, oh, Steven. He, he hates it. Called. He hates being called the dentist. The dentist. Yeah, yeah. Because when someone well, calls me... <laughs> with an offer, he says, get the fuck out of here yeah. and gives it to somebody else. Like... <laughs> Just like a dentist would Just do. <laughs> that's because when somebody shows up to make him a trade, he sits in a chair for 20 minutes and stares at the bright lights. Um, yeah, little 31 thoughts humor for you folks. But uh, Dom, 
Inquisition. Uh, thank you. Uh, I was trying to think of one that was a little harder to uh, pronounce. Uh, he had his 16 thoughts, which or 16 stats, and he said, Scandella looked washed after last season, but has had a very strong bounce back year. Uh, posting a 54% expected goals rate in Buffalo and 53% in Montreal while being on the ice for 60% of the goals. In both regards, he was close to 40% in the previous two seasons. I don't know how I, how it happened, but it's a lesson not to count anyone out. He's an asset now, giving the Blues some much-needed depth on the left side after a scary incident last week with Jay Bomeister. And I think, we you know, we can talk as much or as little as you want about this, but I think... He's exactly what he is. I don't think you're ever going to convince me that we didn't overpay for him because I think what he brings to this team is more worth a third-round pick than a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. But you're going to overpay the deadline, especially when it's very obvious to other GMs that you have to have a player mm-hmm. because there were only really two palatable left-handed defensemen that could step into your lineup and eat this many minutes who are rentals this year. And then there was Alec Martinez, who is not a rental, who went for two second-round picks. Uh, and then beyond that, you're looking at, like, Ron Hainsey or Michael Delzato, which, no thank you. <laughs> so, overpaid. We've seen what he can do in two games. How do you feel about it? Or do you feel that we didn't overpay? Um... I mean, it's more than I would like to pay, and thus in my head, it's an overpay. Like, I just I like first round picks, obviously, when we held on to that one, and I like second round picks too. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those unforeseen things where I'm guessing Doug Armstrong didn't think he was going to be having to sell or you know have to give away a second round pick, you know, two weeks yeah. ago. Well, and, and he you ended up having get, to do it. You can get a second round pick back mm-hmm. if that's your inclination. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the I would think trade them around point, like candy we've right now. Trade Allen. We've talked about that plenty. He's played well enough this season that I think you could probably get a second or third for him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they I'm could not easily that get that back. That. And also, if we make another deep playoff run, who cares about the oh, 60, yeah. you know, fifty eighth overall pick or whatever? And as and as a player, like you know. The trade itself aside, or like what it cost us, Scandella looked good these last two games. From everything I've read, it looks like he's a very good two-way player. Where one of the ways he's a little better is just defensively, and he's got a very active stick, as I said, a heavy shot. Uh, knows that he's more of a shutdown player than than anything else, and knows that that's kind of his role next to Pareko or with Pareko. They're not going to be able to have the same magic. They might, but probably not going to have the same magic of Bo Meester Pareko, but he's just there as kind of like a little bit of a stopgap. And initially, I didn't like that we were going to get him and not play any more Mikola um, because we had called him up again, but we didn't play him at all. But having said that... I still don't understand why we didn't try Mikola. Yeah, I can not see that. that not that we wouldn't have still gone for... Start. Not that we wouldn't have still gone for... Uh, Mikola or for mm. uh, Scandella, mm-hmm. Marco Yolo, as I've taken to calling him. But um, yeah, it's just, I just why would you not see what you have in the kid? Mm. But you I know what you have in Robert Portuzo and Carl Gunnarsson, and yeah. it's not great. <laughs> uh, but I understand getting Scandella though because you oh, totally. just need yeah you need a player that can actively eat up those minutes because like we talked about Dunn and Portuzo and Gunnarsson on the left just aren't guys I want out there for that much time, obviously. And if you're saying, hey, well, they're not all going to be out there for 20-plus minutes, we're going to let them share the load. I don't want Robert Portuzo's minutes getting up to 15 (laughs) minutes a night or whatever. 
So having Scandella for that reason alone is good, but also it's just more depth because I think Mikola is a good defenseman. He's looked good thus far, and he'll have growing pains. But also, you don't want him to be the seventh defenseman where we get one more injury and then he has to play in the playoffs and everything. You want to be able to have, uh, be able to keep him out, have Gunnarsson or Bertuzzo be your seventh guy, bring him in on the first injury, and Mikola can be in on the second, you know, something like that. You just need that playoff depth, and we saw it last year, although we didn't have too many injuries, but you saw that you can... It's nice to be able to sit people. It's nice to be able to have options. Be like, hey, Bortuzzo's in this game. Hey, Mikola's in this game instead to just get different looks. And when mm. you don't have those options, uh, it can be hard to beat another team when you don't have the creativity with your lineup. You don't have the opportunity to be creative with it. So I think just adding Scandella in that regard gives you more bodies to play with, a different strategy. And he's looked he's looked good. He's not the fastest skater, but he's looked he's looked solid out there. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's looked totally fine, and I think he'll continue to look totally fine. He'll have a couple of gaffes. And when I say overpaid, I'm really not talking about, like, we got fleeced. Mm -hmm. I'm saying we paid a second (coughs) when he's probably worth a third. Yeah. And that is what happens at the trade deadline, and fine. We had to get someone. And, you know, again, I don't think we could have had Nico Mikola just eat Bowmeister's 22 minutes. I'd like to see Vince Dunn get more minutes in general, but that's mm-hmm. a different issue. And yeah, we had him, and it's good. And he's great. He's been great. He's very handsome. He seems very happy to be here, which is always exciting. Oh, yeah, exciting. he seems he like super new. happy. It's nice to have a guy, too. I think it's probably good to have fresh blood, so it's like somebody in there hasn't won a cup. You know, <laughs> yeah. seriously, like Kairou and Scandella. Like, I mean, Kairou probably has, like, a contact high, but he doesn't really, <laughs> you know, he doesn't have the full emotion and Falk. So it's nice to have a, a few guys in there. And I'm not saying we're going to repeat, but it's nice to have a few guys who can still be like yeah, you want the hungry be guys. And be, hungry. You, know, you know, where so if there's even a hint of like, you know, well, you know, because I mean, look at the Capitals last year. They were kind of just like, eh, at the end mm. of the first <laughs> round. And maybe these are the guys that kind of power this team True. through that sort of thing. I forgot Scandella also has a connection with a little bit of one with O'Reilly. They played yeah. together on the Sabres and for a while. Petran- he played with Petrangelo and Shen and Allen and World Juniors, maybe? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, forgot. Which... I was like, no, he's from Montreal. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. They're the same country. Um, so, And he said he knew Perron from Montreal growing of up. Of course he did, yeah. Which is also like, hockey's so weird. Like, Montreal... Big city, but also not that big a city compared to, like, real cities. Canada doesn't have any of those. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, big city. And still, it's like, oh, yeah, we were the same age and both played hockey. So, of course, we knew each other. Um, Are you French? I am French. <laughs> there were other trades around the league. Uh we are going to have a trade deadline bonus episode Monday night. So, why don't we do most of the talking about these there? Uh, but you can give me a one you know, 10 second thoughts on any of these trades okay. as we go through them. The New York Islanders acquired defenseman and former Devils captain Andy Green in exchange for a second round draft pick in 2021 and defenseman David Quinville. Talk about overpaying. Mm. I would rather have Marco Scandella, I think, than Andy Green. Andy he's Green's a leader like, and he's a hitter. He's 37? He's yeah. Yeah. Um, cool, New York Islanders. You got a very old man. Lou Lamorello gets a former Devils draftee, probably a guy he named Captain, mm-hmm. while in New Jersey. 
cool. Great. Uh, Blake Coleman, the Tampa Bay Lightnings acquired Lightnings. The Lightnings is acquired forward Blake Coleman from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for forward prospect Nolan Foote and a conditional first round pick in 2020. I thought that was a steep price to play. Blake Coleman's pretty good. He's got another year on his contract. Uh, which, by the way, can you imagine anything nicer than being traded to play your next two years with the new uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning? Thank you. So he's what? Fine. Yeah. What? <laughs> like Blake Coleman is good, right? Or yeah, I guess. Like what? Forty sorry, points. To, let me adjust. He's like got thirty-one points this year. Mm-hmm. So you gave a first round for him? A first round I, pick he's for him? Gr- so gritty or something. Is it? Sure. Is that I'm what's sure happening? That, that must be what they're thinking. I don't know. Was he drafted? He, he was, was drafted, drafted by them in 2011. By who? The Devils? By the Devils, but he started playing in 1617 at age 25. Okay, then this But only 23 sense. with only 23 games played, uh 1718 he had 25 points, 1819 he had 36, so this kid, 1920. Guys four seasons. He said 31. I'm confused. I don't get it. He must be a very good. And maybe maybe something. like the metrics are just yeah, like you got to look insane. at those because quite honestly, good for you Devils. You just yeah. you, you did great because hey. I was like, where's this Blake Coleman guy been? No one's talking. No, if someone was like, oh no no no, everyone's been talking about Blake Coleman before this. I'd be like, fuck you. Yeah. Because no, they haven't. I've yeah. never heard of this man before last year, and even and, then, I was like, oh, I've heard he's good. I do feel like there's one or two guys every deadline where it's like, suddenly, this guy's must-have. Speaking of those kind of guys, mm-hmm. Tyler Toffoli, the Canucks traded uh, a first-round pick, or second-round second pick in 2020, conditional pick in 2022, Tim Schaller, who's a depth roster forward, and the rights to... Uh, prospect forward Tyler Madden who's very good prospect for Tyler Toffoli this is a guy I know a lot of people in St. Louis wanted I definitely Mm. did not especially want him Uh, any thoughts on this trade he is a generally looks like has been like a 30-ish point player sometimes he's hit 40 one time he had 58 points oh yeah okay yeah it was like uh not even hits he had a 30 30 goals 31 goals one time anyways fine a fine player he's an okay young scorer but he's i made me happy that vancouver went out and bought because it makes me happy that vancouver is going to try and be in the playoffs because brock besser's hurt and that's a mistake yeah I know it's different when you're on where they are mm-hmm. and when you're where we are when you're replacing an injured player. Like when you're where they are, just Is Brock Besser going to come back in time? Yeah? Mm-hmm. No? Not in the regular seasons. Okay, so this is like to buoy them for the rest of yeah. the yeah. regular season playoffs. I think it's as simple mm-hmm. as Jim Benning is going to get fired if they miss the playoffs <laughs> and he doesn't want to get fired. So mm-hmm. they're Good Also, job, they tried Jimmy. for Wayne Simmons... And then there was a cap problem, and a lot of people joked about how Roberto Luongo made one last save for the Canucks <laughs> because his, his uh, cap recapture blocked them from trading for Wayne Simmons. So uh, we'll talk about that more on Jim Monday. Jim Benning obvi- like, is like stumbling his way to the he's finish been, line. It's a disaster. He, well, we'll we'll go on Monday. He's mm-hmm. a disaster, though. Brendan Dillon. Uh, Player, I probably would have preferred DeMarco Scandella, mm. but cost, you know, a little bit more. A second round pick and a conditional third round pick, but I don't know if that's conditional in the sense that it would not exist or that it would just be a fourth round yeah. pick. Uh, who who unless... did the Capitals get 
the year they won the cup defenseman not kevin shattenkirk uh was it the guy from like detroit K, with like Nick a K. jensen nah maybe but not i'm not that's not the one i'm thinking was it? oh yeah 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 oh yeah 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 i'll look it up i'll look it up for some reason i want to keep saying like connect me but that's not him that's a different guy but I, this just reminded Knutson. me of that move was like a uh, depth defenseman. I guess maybe not depth defenseman. You know, a top six defenseman, but a guy mm-hmm. to kind of help them fill out the top six, and maybe they'll they'll spur them onto another cup. Because really, we've looked at it before. Cup winners in general don't make giant moves to the deadline. They make a few small moves, if any moves at all, because you normally Nick already Jensen have to have a is the strong team. Defenseman they got oh, really? late in that year, so I don't know what to tell. Oh, okay, you're lying. That's what you're. What I'm saying to you. Oh wait, is this the wrong year? This is last year. You're right. This is last year. So never mind. I'm an idiot. You're talking about. Here it comes. Wait for it. <laughs> wait for it. Michael Kempney. Yeah, Kempney. <laughs> I knew it was okay. I'm an idiot. So thank you for bearing with me. Uh, that'll get me back for your nice words about math. Uh, yeah, that's another British thing. Math. Yeah. Get out of here. They're like, because it's here. mathematics. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't uh... care. I don't. That's stupid. But yeah. it's a no. It's a new word. It's a different word. I was gonna say you don't call eugenics. You just. I mean, sure. Oh, You're right. You're right. It is. I don't think anyone does that. It is a genuine problem that the first word I thought of that ended with is eugenics. I'm so sorry, the world. I'm so sorry. Dennis Malkin <laughs> got traded uh, for... Evgeny uh, Malkin? Mason Marchment. Uh, but... Um, but Dennis Malkin don't want to go. <laughs> That's why I put it down there. Uh, well, apparently he did want to, but his agent said it and he didn't or something. Okay. He's a Maple Leaf now. That's a depth move. Alec Martinez got moved for two first-round picks to the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas Golden Knights trade draft picks like they're candy, probably because they had so damn many to begin with, and were so good so fast. I think this is an okay pickup for them. He scored in his first game there, so that's yeah. great. They met him at the airport with the dragon with Hel- hookers and blow Gila monster. Yeah, is it a Gila monster? Is it a Gila monster? <laughs> I think it's a Gila monster, but is that what it's supposed to be at all? I think it's a Gila monster, <laughs> and then when he's like, when you're in a hospital and he visits the sick kids, he's a Gila monster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. But yes, he is supposed to be whatever the hell you call that thing. <laughs> Andre Keisha moved today or earlier today, but the blues story in this is that David Beckus. Is going to be an Anaheim Duck. So sad. You should have uh, been on one Axel team. Axel Anderson and a first round pick also going to. So this is what? Probably Axel Anderson in a second or a first in a lesser prospect. And uh, they add that to eat three fourths of Bacchus's salary. Yo, what the hell? It's so sad. It's just sad. It's sad. To the see fir- the first was way. for both of those things at once mm-hmm. because really, uh, Andre, what are we calling Kesa, him? Kesa, uh should not be worth a first and whatever. But it's like, but can you take back us two, please? And they're mm-hmm. like, okay, it better be a first then. And like, okay, mm-hmm. here you go. <laughs> okay. And 
the Winnipeg Jets acquired Cody Eakin from the Vegas Golden Knights mm. for a fourth round pick. So those are the big trades we have so far. There will be some more before the deadline, I'm sure, but who knows if they'll be plentiful or of high quality. Johnny Goudreau took the Calgary Flames Whoa. out of his social media. P.K. Subban um, stole a devil for yeah, some reason. Exactly right. Is Kyle Palmieri going to be moved? Perhaps they people did someone talk about Miko Koivu being moved? Like possibly that there was like a rumor. Yeah, he uh, sure was asked to waive his no trade clause. Mm-hmm. Some team is supposedly very interested in uh, Zach Parisi. Can you imagine? So the most exciting yeah. move of deadline day will be Andreas Athanasiu <laughs> to the Coyotes. I would say the Florida Panthers. Yeah, maybe. They've been awfully quiet. Did you know Florida played, they played one of their defensemen, and now I believe two, two of their defensemen? One of them was Mark Pissick. As forwards? I think maybe one was Michael Matheson, neither of whom should be a forward. What, is this a Joel Quinville move? Is this a is this a Dustin Bufflin move where he's like, oh, remember? He goes, does anyone <laughs> remember 2010? <laughs> they're like, yeah, I'm like, well, here we go. Maybe. Um, before we go, one final question for you. Do you feel that the Blues make another move before the deadline of substance? Of substance, no. Don't substance, give me. No. Okay. What do you think the non-substantial move is? Michael Delzato's on the trade block again. <laughs> what was the... Uh, what was the... That would be, there's a part of me that's like, why not? Mm-hmm. If Michael Delzato for not? future Why considerations not? can be had, bring him back. Was it 2014 or 2015 that we did the like Marcel Gotch move right before the deadline? Then we also went out and got, uh, God, who was that? Jokinen. We went out and got the other Jokinen, Ali Jokinen. Uh, and we got somebody else. Wasn't that all at the deadline? And we were like, mm-hmm. we're just, there. we're loading up with three nobodies. Um, yeah, I don't know if we're going to do any other moves, even of, even of small stature, you know, even small moves because they, Doug Armstrong talked a lot about Tarasenko coming back and the fact that it made it sound like he was on track, if not on a fast track to coming back, you know, and then they made it sound like it was going to be before the playoffs and Playoffs. if you do that, then you got to shore up your cap. I know it might increase like a little bit or something, or you can, obviously your roster increases like who you can have up, but like if they bring them back, they'd have to get rid of salary if they went over their LTIR stuff at the moment. So I mm-hmm. think if you factor in Tarasenko, like he's currently healthy in here, we only have like 1.4 million to work with. And Doug Armstrong again has said, He's only going to do a hockey trade, which I believe means to him when he's saying that to us, that it's like salary in, salary out. Mm-hmm. So with all of that said, I don't think we see any more moves for the Blues. It'd be fun. It'd be nice. It'd be kind of cool. I mean, don't do anything fucking stupid. But, you know, I'm, I'm always always here for moves. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't, think we, I don't think we need to necessarily. They talked on the broadcast earlier with Pang and stuff where they were some, I guess it was just JK and him talking about how Blay and Kairu were playing so well that it was maybe just a sign like to Doug, like, yo, man, you don't need another forward. We're your other forwards. We're your trade. We're as good as a trade. Look, we're playing so much better now. We're young guys, you know, trusting us. 
you don't need anybody. I'm sure that's not the exact message, but he could be seeing that and deciding not to make any sort of moves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I'd love to see some creative, but I don't know what creative looks like without messing with the current team too much. And why do that? And you're not giving up Kyber, that's obvious now. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're giving up your first round pick. So he's talked about it, it'd have to be a hockey trade. Well, what is that? You gonna go trade Jaden Schwartz for Andreas Athanasiu? I don't think so. That'd be <laughs> fucking wild <laughs> if he did something like that. If it was just even if it was like I want a first Tyler Bozak for whoever, and I'm like ah, huh. But I don't think he's going to. Um, That's who set out Justin Falk for Andreas Athanasiu. Mm. Uh, people would be very thrilled. But mm. whatever the case, you need a good locker room. We'll that. know in Monday. Yeah, because that's a big personality. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, uh, Jeff Merrick or whoever. One of you two dildos <laughs> probably live in st charles those two Woo. we're coming back on monday it's almost twelve thirty in the morning on saturday it's late ian's yawning i'm tired blues are very hot and don't have the hardest road ahead so it'll be the playoffs again before we know it and that'll be a lot of fun we have a lot of fun here around the playoffs as we were just reminiscing here in the about. studio yeah very bipolar fun but fun nonetheless so uh until next week on monday uh we will uh be anxiously refreshing twitter and mm. expect you all to be doing the same good night everybody see ya i'm just a kid who's bored each day i grow some more i'm